y'all heard? One, two, three. Hey, hey everybody. everybody. This is Y'all, y'all heard. heard. A podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And this is a podcast where two people with the same last name come together to share something new or interesting that we think the other person might enjoy. Yeah. New or interesting. Not necessarily both. Come on, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Lower your expectations. <laughs> In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was pretty great. Yeah? You want to you wanna tell us why? I saw a lot of chicks and a lot of tits. Oh, I don't know what that means at all. There were a lot of chickadees, and there were a, a lot, lot of, of titmouses? tufted titmouses Ooh, on the bird feeders. Thing? What's a titmouse? That's a bird? A tufted titmouse, yeah. For some reason. There were some junkos, too, which I are not jinkos. They are junkos. Yes. Okay, I thought you were just mispronouncing jankos. <laughs> I don't know why I thought a titmouse was just another name for a mouse. And when you said titmouse, tufted titmouse, I thought of like. The dead mouse in my hallway. (laughs) No, ew. Like those mice that are out around Christmas and they have like really like pink cheeks. And I think they're made out of like fuzzy stuff. And they're always uh, in a display next to those carolers whose mouths are wide open and look psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you know what I mean, because I don't want to describe it anymore. <laughs> Who buys those? Their mouths are so open. My mom has a set, but that's because somebody made it. I love your mom. Um, anyway. No, yeah, so my mom was talking to me throughout October and November, and she was like, Pete, the bird food's been sitting out there for quite a long time, and it's not moving. I think all the birds have moved on. And then I got out of the car... And they descended upon the bird feeder like nobody's business. <laughs> oh, so they're just like waiting for you? I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. Um, just me and mom for Thanksgiving. That sounds peaceful. No, nope. I'm sorry. It I was, was It was peaceful. Okay. I, I just want to say, I was say it sounds peaceful, not like, oh, that sounds peaceful, because I know the rest of your family, and that wouldn't change it. That's not what I meant. Christy, if you listen, that's not what I meant. I just meant it just generally sounds peaceful. Yeah, it was uh, much smaller, and we, you know, we kind of were like, so sh- I guess we have all the stuff, so we should keep, you know, the plan and, and make all the food and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it worked out well. Got all the Christmas stuff up for mom and now i'm back home and i'm like nobody's coming over for christmas do i have to put anything up (laughs) remember when i used to love christmas marissa (laughs) i know i'm so sorry pete i feel so bad for you (laughs) if it makes you feel any better because i'm sure your pest problem is not helping we had a beautiful christmas tree me and aaron and then he had to move to boston and he's like can you store it in your house and around that time i was getting mice and i had little spiders so i just threw out a whole tree i threw out a whole new tree because i was just like disgusted with the idea of anything getting inside that tree in the storage closet so i also gave up that christmas a fake christmas tree yeah we don't have real christmas yeah yeah no no that's fine it's just yeah environmentally that's not great marissa i know (laughs) environmentally it's not great to throw away a real tree like to cut down and throw away a real tree (laughs) but i know but just the thought of like spiders nesting i wanted Mm -hmm. to kill myself 
So... How about your Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, as only Pete will know, because I was in a text chain with him. Uh, not text. Just text. I was texting him. A text chain sounds like our moms are in it. Uh, I cried. We could the first start one of those. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I cried the first day. Our mothers have never met. <laughs> I know, but I feel like they know each other in a way, in spirit. Um, they would both just have a fun time talking about how ridiculous both you, both you and I mm-hmm. are, uh, and how we and how my we mom. Will defend you and your mom. Yeah. Will not defend me. Yeah. <laughs> She'll I, be like, and he's a pervert. Do you know what Vorophilia no, no. is? <laughs> My mom is back to loving you again. I've about you a lot uh, recently. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the first day Aaron was going to leave to get his brother and then asked me if I wanted to stay with his parents alone. And I, but he said it like in front of them. Not that they heard. But I was, like, so mad that he didn't just, like, no, like, no, don't leave me alone with your family. I barely know. And then we went in the car and I started crying. (laughs) And he was like, wow, you really don't like my parents. And then I realized I had my period the next day. And I was like, I'm sorry not to use this as an excuse. But I think that's why. And so then I think he realized I was going through a thing. Oh, by the way, the second day, it was beautiful. We had a wonderful time together. Uh, But the rest of the first day, I just, like, I was, like, next to them, but, like, I would, like, be in the next room, like, baking something, so I didn't need to, like, interact with people, because I was irrationally upset about everything, and I didn't know why. Sorry, guys. Sometimes your periods do that. Uh, So, like, no one was telling me what was happening. Sometimes, like, when they're all speaking in Cantonese, Aaron will, like, tell me what's happening, or I'll be like, hey, what's everyone talking about? But they just, like, all were speaking in Cantonese, and every so often, his mother would sing a tiny little ditty into her phone and like i was like what the what what is happening like it was just like so confusing and i refused to ask the context because like i i didn't want to know i just wanted to be left alone uh apparently they're really into karaoke apps so his mother just kept sinking into a karaoke app but that said his parents are awesome so we had a we had a very fun time the next day that was the whole problem was me the first day uh the next day we had a lovely time they made so much food, it was crazy for the four of us. And then we had a big turkey, and there was a prime rib. And only me and Aaron's brother ate the turkey. And I was like, does nobody like turkey? And I was like, no, not really. And I was like, why did we just make this whole turkey? He's like, because my brother likes it. And I was just like, wow. And that leads me into the icebreaker. <sighs> Pete, Aaron's father's a chef. He right. made a beautiful Thanksgiving dinner, which, by the way, then they cleaned the whole kitchen. It was, like, That's amazing. Nice. <laughs> I yeah. didn't do anything. I made a quiche. Um, anyway, I still don't like turkey. Like, it still just seems like a waste of, like, poultry. <laughs> like, it's just, like, a, a, pul- a poultry nobody really loves. And I know that people like, well, wait till it's seasoned, right? I'm sure no one's going to season it better than this chef. Than me. <laughs> yeah, better than Pete and the chef. Uh, So my icebreaker is... Icebreaker. If turkey could no longer be the food of Thanksgiving, I want you to sell to me a different meat and why that would be its replacement. Okay. I mean, 
mean, or not a meat. Just oh, give me yeah. a new. A I didn't new even horse. register that you said meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Cocoa puffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think of Alex here. You know why? Because he doesn't eat meat. I want to. I want to be inclusive. Oh, okay, okay, that's nice. Someone told me they ate a field roast, and I was like, "What is that?" I don't know if this is what every field roast is, but they were like, "It has just mushrooms." Get, you just get a sod of grass, you roll it up, and then you roast it. <laughs> I was like, "What is a field roast?" And I swear they were like, "It has cranberries." Stuffing sage and other stuff, and I was like, "Wow, that is not you cannot yada yada the rest of that." <laughs> not to have a Seinfeld reference, mm. but anyway. At first, the prime rib sounds great. I mean, it was delicious, but was I think of the environment, how like cows. But I'm running out of other ideas. I'm sorry, Pete. You're assuming everyone can finish that sentence. You're thinking of the environment and like how cows. Period. Yeah. So. How do you give me the credit to know how to finish the rest of that sentence? I guess my problem is that I eat turkey and chicken regularly all year long. So. I mean, you could sell chicken to me if you want. I know. If it's a rotisserie chicken, you'd be there. I mean, yeah. But sell you gotta like sell it like not just that I would like it or that you would like it like sell it like sell it to me in a way that you could sell it to like all of America like I know you like your turkeys but sorry we're gonna eat this now because <clears throat> you want me to go first sure okay at first I was gonna say spam and then I was like no that is way too limiting so I'm gonna say we replace it with generally pork first off it's the other white meat second off. Turkeys get pretty expensive, Pete. But there are so many pork products that can go from expensive, if you get, like, a beautiful, big glazed ham, to very affordable. In in case you want a beautiful spam as your centerpiece, that'll just cost a few dollars. So I say pork because it is not classist, <laughs> and anyone can afford a type of pork. Pork is delicious and way more flavorful than turkey and you don't need Hard to like disagree i mean fine pork is salty most of the time you don't have to like worry about all this like brining or bullshit i don't fucking know how you make a turkey <laughs> <laughs> and personally i would love the idea of it like i i would be happy with a pork in anyone's household serving the spam sign me up serving a glazed ham sign me up serving fried pork chops yes please a pork loin or pork roast? All right. Like, there are so many different types of pork. Pork rinds. And I don't know. Nobody told me that that pigs are hurting the environment because they're duty or something. Can you explain to me why cows are bad again? Uh, cow farts. Oh, okay. I, no one told me pig farts are bad, so... Pig. Okay. Okay. You have an answer now? Oh, and if you're a vegetarian, I don't know, eat whatever you want. The same way now. We don't have an official vegetarian food. My pitch is this. Instead of a turkey being the centerpiece at your table for Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. I want you and your family 
to make or buy if you have to a nice decorative loaf of bread. Ooh, I like this. If you can't afford, much like Marissa was saying, if you can't afford a fancy piece of bread, like a fancy bread, you can make a regular white bread, but you can also, you know, put some, some dried vegetables, dried vegetables, dried fruits or <laughs> nuts or something like that in there. Hell, maybe you can put dried vegetables in. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you could eat a pan of stone. And I can't stand those. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I just spent so much money getting a gluten-free pan of tone delivered to me by FedEx. I don't even want to know how much I spent (laughs) then, but it's going to be the best Christmas of my life. I even sent it to Blake Wexler because I know his girlfriend is gluten-free, and I was like, you didn't ask for this. Buy this for your girlfriend. I'm telling every gluten-free person this exists. (laughs) Okay. And he was like, that's so nice because he pretended that he wanted that. Anyway, continue. And uh, I think that this should unify people. Um, I realize that there is some biblical sentiment behind the phrase breaking bread, but maybe we can usher that in to have even wider meeting by saying that we sit down and we break bread with our family. And certainly you're going to say, well, bread's not going to fill me up for my meal. Well, first, totally does. (laughs) (laughs) That's but you right. need a protein. Right. And that is why for all the dishes surrounding the, the loaf of bread, you can have whatever you want. I like it, Pete. You can I have like chicken it. nuggets. You can have french fries. <laughs> <laughs> I like Cheeseburgers, it. Cheeseburgers. Um, and other children's foods. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Ooh. Sign me up. And guys, have you ever heard of a toast cake? If you're not... If you not, if you have not, Google a Japanese toast cake, although I've seen it in other Asian countries. Uh, I would say that that would be a great focal point to your Thanksgiving Day spread if you want to go pizza out. The Japanese toast cake. So you hollow out the, I don't know, I'm not explaining to you, just Google it. <laughs> Speaking of moments ago, see, and of course, thinking of Marissa too, yes, you can have gluten-free bread. So that yeah. covers Marissa. And I think it also covers Alex. He's gluten free. No, no. Uh, if he since he doesn't eat meat. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. How how inclusive of you? Speaking of Alex, you may recall in the pickleball episode, Alex is one of our. Listen, I'm not putting any shame on any of you guys, but Alex is one of our few listeners who, if we ask our listeners to do something in the middle of a show, he'll actually do it. So he left us a voicemail. If you remember during the pickleball episode. No, I don't remember anything I do after I do it. I played the sound of pickleball and said, asked callers or asked listeners to call up and tell us what they thought pickleball was based on the sounds that they heard. Oh, but I think Alex knew what pickleball was already because he knows everything. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe he did, but he still played some ball. Not pickleball. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. He still cooperated. That's a better word. Hi, this is Alex. Based on the sound clip on the episode about pickleball, pickleball is obviously just playing ping pong, but you're hitting the ball with, like, frozen pickles, and so you have to be really, really accurate. Thanks. Bye. Oh, man. That'd be really fun, except then the pickle would get left frozen as you play, unless you're wearing some sort of, like, really insulated it, unless you're playing with some sort of like insulated gloves and then also like 
you're playing in a room where the temperature has been yeah, lowered, playing and I guess you're wearing a coat. I mean, I like this if it's like something that's played in like those ice hotels or something. <laughs> and uh, I definitely, I, I hope that you do too, Marissa. Not that it matters, but um, I definitely see a giant frozen pickle chip. Ooh, I did not. I saw it really difficult with whole pickles. Yeah. <laughs> a pickle chip makes way more sense. Yeah. I feel like I said the word sense with the weird Julia Fox vocal fry. I'm going to listen back to this on Friday to see if I did. Bullshit, if I did, you I are. <laughs> no, actually, I don't think I've told you. I listen to pieces of our episode more often these days. I don't know why, but I do. Anyway, <laughs> pieces. I can't listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Anyway. Marissa, do you think, have people said anything to you? Do you sometimes feel this way? You know, we can all be a little self-conscious sometimes. Do you think we talk about death too much on this podcast? I mean, too mu- do we a lot? I mean, I do say I'm going to kill myself like all the time, <laughs> which is probably flippant and I should learn not to do. But uh, do we a lot? Yes. Too much? Never. Uh, Thank you. Americans need to normalize their discussions on death. That's great to hear because this week... I'm kind of doing an in-memoriam episode for a man who lived a fairly normal life. And we're going to start the episode topic with his obituary, because that is kind of where you can get the most details about his life from the people who knew him while he was alive. Wow, I have no idea where this episode's going. I'm intrigued. This is the obituary for Chuck Langham. Chuck Langham died in June of 2022, so not too long ago. Okay. As a youth, Chuck enjoyed sports and exploring the Appalachian Mountain near his home. By the way, if you read a a nice obituary, pick out which part of this I got a little teary-eyed at, okay? Okay, okay. (laughs) He delivered newspapers, worked at a movie theater, and as a college student, was employed in summers at a soft drink bottling plant in a glass factory and on night shifts at a tire factory to earn money for school expenses. Mm-hmm. He attended Potomac State Junior College and was an honors graduate of West Virginia University and was employed by the U.S. Department of Commerce in Washington after graduation. He questioned the wisdom of the Vietnam War from its beginning, but entered military service in 1966 as a second lieutenant in the Army Medical Services Corps. It's interesting he, that he did that despite that, but okay. He served in Texas, Alabama, and Washington in Army hospitals and in the Army Surgeon General's office, completing active duty as a captain in 1969. So I don't know if he actually went to Vietnam. Oh, okay, okay. But served during that time and, again, in hospitals and, you know. Chuck then worked for for the federal government in Washington, Colorado, and Charlottesville in the technical publications field. Mercy used to do that. What work for Washington in the technical publications you field? Used to do technical publications. Oh yes, I did. I did. I was a technical writer. After his retirement from the civil service, he was employed at a halfway house and in other temporary and part-time jobs. He enjoyed hiking with his beloved wife throughout the United States and Canada frequently accompanied by his Siberian husky dogs. He was proud of the many mountains they climbed and particularly enjoyed hiking in the snow in West Virginia. He and Adela, his wife, 
bred and raised Siberian Huskies and traveled to dog shows on many occasions. I'm assuming you got teary-eyed with something related to dogs, but I'll still listen. <laughs> he had an unconventional sense of humor and enjoyed socializing with his wife and friends at coffee shops. He is survived by his wife and best friend of 56 years, Adela, by his adopted son, Michael, daughter-in-law, Jennifer, grandson, James, of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and by numerous cousins, friends, and canine companions. In lieu of flowers, donations may be made in Chuck's honor at the Charlottesville SPCA or Aww. mailed to the Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary. That's interesting. In Boston, Massachusetts. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you write an obituary, okay? <laughs> Like, I feel like I know more about him. Don't just fucking say, like, and they did, like, God. they listed his jobs, but they also, like, you know, like, you listed his jobs as a kid, but in doing so, you were trying to illustrate that he was a hard worker and he was, you know, working to pay for school and that sort of stuff. You know, it wasn't like he just fucked off at the movie theater, you know? <laughs> I know. And there was way more also beyond the jobs. Yeah. When did you get tearied? Tearied? What the fuck? I think, um, there was the paragraph about his dogs and his wife. Mm -hmm. And then when they said his wife and best friend, I was like, oh. Oh, that's <laughs> sweet. Yeah. So wh who is this guy and what? why are you covering him? Somehow, Marissa and everyone else, this obituary excluded what Chuck was most notable, notable for in the media. Ooh, what? He is the co-founder of a group called Scrooge or the Society to curtail ridiculous, outrageous, and ostentatious gifts, gift exchanges. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is the Society to Curtail Ridiculous, Outrageous, and Ostentatious Gift Exchanges. Man, I would be mad if that was not included in my obituary. I would haunt everyone. And the only way, the only way I figured out that he was the same guy, aside from them having the same name and being in the same town. Yeah. Um, was in his like tribute wall at the funeral homes website. Somebody made mention of Scrooge. Wow. The New York Times covered the group in 1988. Everywhere you turn, the message is bye, 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 said Mr. Langham, who lives in Charlottesville, Virginia. With all the hype, people feel guilty if they don't spend a fortune on gifts. We offer a little support for those who want to be more sensible. Speak for yourself, guys. <laughs> a Merry Christmas cannot be purchased for any amount of money, he said. I think people enjoy Christmas more if they're not worried about being in debt until after Christmas. I mean, for sure. One, uh, so basically what this organization did is, I believe I have something in here, so I may repeat myself, but they formed in 1979... And there was a two to two dollar and fifty cent membership fee to join the society. As a benefit for your membership, you would get an ID card, and you oh, would also I love get ID cards. you would also get an annual Scrooge newsletter that was written by Chuck Langham. Does it still exist? Unfortunately, I can't find much about it on the internet. Ugh being in existence most of it is from these articles i think the latest one i could find was maybe in the early 2000s okay in the newsletter what they what chuck would provide uh with other contributors 
is ideas and sort of, I think, validation for the way that, that the organization felt, but also uh, suggestions for types of gifts that you can get people that would be probably more useful. Like so it. one Scrooge gift sur- suggestion is for gift certificates for classes to help someone finish in a degree or learn a sport. Oh, that's so sweet. It also suggests scrapbooks, smoke alarms, first aid kits, and contributions to the ch- to the recipient's favorite charity. I I know we lost you after scrapbooks. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you don't, doesn't everyone's house have a smoke alarm? Like in it? Well, now it does. <laughs> That's true. You know what? That's true. That he he started this a long time ago. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I have, I think three or four first aid kits that I have undoubtedly pilfered when it's not an emergency, and they don't have things that I should have in an in in a first aid kit. And also, things in your first aid kit will expire. So if you got somebody a first aid kit, it could be quite useful for them. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. I don't even think I have a first aid kit. Within its first year. Don't buy me a first aid kit, anyone. (laughs) I don't want one. Unless it's a Monster High first aid kit. Yeah, that's like themed and really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Within its first year, Scrooge had 337 members across the world. That's nice. From the Washington Post in 1980. We are not anti-Christmas, says co-founder Charles Langham, who was 38 at the time, died at 81. And more important, we are not anti-kids. We are not against Christmas, said Terry Pettit, Scrooge Information Director and the other co-founder. We're just against orgiastic buying sprees. Orgiastic? What the fuck is that? That's a word? It is. (laughs) That doesn't seem like a word they should use in my mind. These guys are both writers, so... (laughs) I mean... Creative. You know what? Creative. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, uh, continuing Charles's quote, basically what we'd like to see is a return to the old ways. Instead of today's bye-bye-bye. He didn't mean that in a racist way, it doesn't seem. (laughs) No, no. And he didn't mean it in an in sync way either. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay. I know folks who didn't think anything of spending one thousand dollars for a gift, even what? when they didn't have who it. Who lives in this world? <laughs> even when they didn't have it, and they know that they'll spend the next two years paying for it. Now, no? I'm not that bad, but in my worst days, I've gone in and for one gift spent two to three hundred dollars. He says. I'm Am a, I a bitch? I've never spent that much on anyone's gift in my life. He, <laughs> he says, I'm a likable, generous man who would love to love Christmas again. So, uh, Langham, a technical editor for the Department of Army, Charlottesville, sees the whole thing escalating due to the spiral. Now, this is from the 80s, okay? <laughs> but still applies, sees the whole thing escalating due to a spiraling economy, ready credit, guilt giving, and of course the classic, I never had anything when I was a child and mine should have the best routine. Oh, all right. I had begun to hate Christmas, said Mrs. Gunia, a marketing secretary for the management of a shopping mall. But Scrooge tries to put Christmas back into Christmas. It takes away some of the guilt. I mean, 
I will say yes, but definitely don't make that the slogan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Adam, at the mall, she said, we start Christmas in September. It's crazy. We even had the planning meeting for next Christmas last week. And this was coming out around Christmas time. I mean, that's stupid. Mrs. Gunia said that she had spent about $300 on gifts this year. Her two sons were getting the expensive items, Nintendo games and Reebok sneakers, and her friends will receive home-baked goods. Guys, if I was getting Nintendo games and Reebok sneakers this year, I would be so stoked. (laughs) Everything is in cycles, guys. The economy is in decline, and it's cool, like, you should be excited about Nintendo games. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know this sounds real scroogey, but my husband and I decided not to exchange gifts this year, she added. It's not that we can't afford to, it's just that we don't really need anything, and he hates to shop. Not having that hassle is my present to him. Yeah, that's fine. So this is, um... The group is informal, with no bylaws, no membership requirement but the fee, and no meetings. Mr. Langham just puts out an annual four-page newsletter with advice, holiday wishes, and practical gift suggestions. The organization's principles are to avoid giving and receiving extremely expensive gifts and fad items, to make every effort to use cash, not credit, and give things that involve thought and originality. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Definitely good. I like it. I wish I could join. This is from the article that was back in 1988, um, but I do have slightly updated numbers. This year, Americans are expected to spend $37 billion on Christmas gifts, or about $325 a family, according to the Conference Board, a business research group in New York. I'm sorry, this is from 80s? Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's a lot for the 80s, even. According to a Gallup poll, Americans are forecasted to spend $886 on Christmas presents total. Wow. And $276 per child in a family situation. Wow. It's estimated, according to Finder.com, don't know what it is, but... Nope. <laughs> and all. I don't know how you'd really quantify this, but... $15.2 billion is the estimated total of unwanted presents. What? Around 61% of Americans expect to get a present that they dislike, which equals some 154 million dissatisfied individuals. I mean, I have presents I don't care for, but I don't like a dissatisfied guy. <laughs> now, I listen to, I, I know I've mentioned it before on the show, but I listen to a podcast called Grift Horse, where they're always talking about grifting, and um, yeah, they're already in the mode to get whatever they get for Christmas and throw it up on eBay and get, you know, a bunch of money back for it. <laughs> Ooh, smart. Scrooge also gives advice to people who have already overspent this year. Hopefully that's not you already, listener. Do not add up the total. It's too late now, and you'll only feel worse, Mr. Langham said. Promise yourself to do better next year. Does Scrooge follow his own advice? Which is wrong, because he's not Scrooge. The organization. But yes, Mr. Langham said, this year he bought his son, 16-year-old son Michael, tennis lessons, underwear, socks, shirts, and a wallet. He got his wife 
perfume, and he made ceramic tree ornaments for friends. That's adorable. Do we know how old his son is? Did he say that? I missed it. In At the time, he was 16 years old when he received tennis lessons, underwear, socks, shirts, and a wallet. I'm sure he could appreciate tennis lessons, but I think it might be a hard sell to get teens and kids to appreciate this like an adult would. <laughs> but I also wonder, too, if he grew up in this practical household. I mean, know. that's true. Yeah, yeah, that is true, yeah. But, hey, even in the end, Mr. Langham said that he couldn't pass up a really great extravagant gift. Quote, if someone gave me a Jaguar, I'd be glad to take it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I doubt part of Scrooge is if someone gives you an extravagant gift, you throw it in their face and right. say, nah. <laughs> um, I really like, like, I, I, a lot of places seem to cover this as some sort of silly throwaway idea or, yeah, some Christmas-hating bunch out there. Why? It sounds adorable and it seems good and it actually seems like it more fits the spirit of Christmas. Right. The the I think a great thing is is making stuff. Um, so like if you were even if you did see like a Christmas ornament as like a like a worthless type of gift. No, I think it's a good gift. You can use it every year and remember your friends. If you were to make that ornament rather than purchase it at some place, then there's even more of you going into that gift. And yes, that's why I think I have at least three uh ornaments that marissa has made for me over the years and then oh, probably right. more that we've made together <laughs> yeah it makes you think of your friends right rather than just going to a store and buying marissa again like a raven ornament although you'd probably love the shit out of that Yeah, <laughs> um and the other idea too of the the tenant i suppose of spending money that you have and not spending money that you don't have like, can't go wrong there either. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly not everybody, you know, can, you know, if you're only spending the money that you have and you only have 50 bucks in the bank, okay, yeah, if you need to charge a little bit. But I think the idea would be, yeah, moderation and not really getting carried away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Guys, I still don't have a job. <laughs> so I am giving good gifts to my immediate family and everyone else. Hope they have low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> On the um, tribute wall at the funeral home's obituary post. That was a lot of words to just say at his obituary. <laughs> um, I was really touched, too, by a guy who left. Um, it, it, it's longer than what I took, but um, he left some memories of chuck and uh chuck langham and i thought it would be nice to mention so this is okay. from fred schmidt i was honored to be one of chuck's friends beginning about 40 years ago and like others would occasionally join him for coffee if he preceded me to the table he would get out a gift card for that shop hand it to me and say something like here go get something to chew on with your coffee if Aww. i got there first he would do it anyway Aww. chuck could pass as a good old country boy but he was an expert writer certainly for his technical writing, but also for his memorable Christmas cards and, of course, for his Scrooge annual Christmas letter. So what does a good old country boy mean? Uh, I know, it sounds kind of racist. Yeah, guys, don't use that term unless you meant that they seem like a racist. Good old country boy, 
honestly, the first person that comes to mind for that is John Denver. So I don't see it as terribly bad. <laughs> okay, okay. And he also ran a poetry contribution from a faithful member of the society when he put out the newsletter each year. One year, he got a call from a journalist who wanted to interview him and to take a photo of Chuck burning a Christmas tree. Chuck what? said no. <laughs> yeah, what? nothing about what you're telling me makes him seem anti-Christmas. What the fuck? <laughs> Chuck and Adela were, of course, big Husky fans. And when our daughter came of a certain age, they gave her one, which was called Blizzard, much to our delight. Adorable. Some years later, their son, Mike, while still in high school, volunteered to teach tennis to our daughter. See, he learned tennis. <laughs> Adorable. Love it. Because of that gift. But this is, I just like, I like this sentence, so I'm going to take it again so that everybody can see hear it as one, one sentence. Okay. Some years later, their son, Mike, while still in high school, volunteered to teach tennis to our daughter, and she learned. <laughs> And he cool, finishes it off bro. with he finishes it off with a good old Chuck. Aw. That's adorable. I like this story. Yeah. Look at that. Nobody's dead, nobody's abducted by aliens or in any I mean, cryptids. I mean, someone's dead. Before. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. not tragically. Yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. guess maybe every death is tragic when it's natural, but Yeah. Well, it seemed like he lived a rich life. And I don't know. I find that very weird. I wonder who wrote the obituary. I couldn't tell you. Ty's wife. Why wouldn't she include that? I wonder if some people thought, you know, well, there's a couple of things going on. First, maybe he hadn't done it in a while. Oh. And maybe it's kind of defunct. But also, I wonder if maybe she didn't want that to be a defining thing, you know. Yeah, maybe she didn't want it to be, like, misconstrued that he didn't like Christmas. And I something. could see, certainly, people going and, like, like me Googling this today and finding out a little bit more about the uh, society. If it made me upset that this society existed, then I could go to his funeral page and say, fuck this guy, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> people are so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, how did you find this? Oh, good question. One second. We mentioned uh, a little while ago that as Christmas approaches, we are a little behind in terms of coming up with some ideas. So I took to the book, The Physics of Christmas. Oh, what's that? By Roger Highfield. And um, I I have referenced it before here on the show, but basically there's a chapter about consumerism and shopping and all of that and they happened to mention just in a sentence or two that this organization existed so i thought it'd be fun to find out more about them i like it all right cool yeah yeah when i did the episode on reindeer actually being real (laughs) i that's that's when i used this book i just found a an earmarked page (laughs) gotcha okay Uh, yeah. Is it? Was it the end of it? It is, yeah. Um, is oh, I have to say, too, uh-huh. you know, like, you read something like that, and you go, oh, my gosh, his his wife must be an adoring woman. She probably misses him so much. And, of course, yes, I had to do my di- due diligence, and so I looked up. And you Ad- found she's not an adoring woman? Adela Langham, Virginia. And then I was like, wait a minute. Let me check Facebook. And uh, I found 
one of the husky organizations that they belong to and i just thought this was funny i th- i feel like she's a salty old lady <laughs> oh fun because uh this organization had an event and it was like an award ceremony and uh they had pictures of ev- pretty much like everybody who was there <laughs> and underneath the the picture like the photo album she wrote nice pictures but who won <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's what matters yeah that's all anyone cares about i like her she keeps it real <laughs> so that's a little bit about you know easing us into the holiday season yeah i like it um yeah i guess i was pretty thorough but yeah guys look seriously that, that, that's a good obituary i'm a real I'm a real stickler for obituaries and how shitty they are all the time. Yeah. So nice job, whoever wrote that, except for keeping out the Scrooge thing. Plugs. Uh, do you have any plugs? I don't. So, like, if this exists, you might know about it already because I'll try to do a Pete's preview on it. But Marissa, well, you're going to plug something that doesn't exist? Did you know... That there's a movie coming out called Cocaine Bear. No, gosh. And it's about a bear who gets into cocaine. No. And it's based on a true story. Wait, this weirdly sounds familiar, but I, like I, I don't recall ever seeing it. But I don't know why it kind of sounds familiar. And uh, it, I think that it is Ray Liotta's final performance. Oh my god! I think I did hear about this. Oh my god! And. Uh, uh, Poor oh, Yoda. they got Elizabeth Banks in there. Oh, she's a producer <laughs> and she's directing. That's right. Is it a comedy? I couldn't tell you. Fucking better be. What the fuck? Carrie Russell's in there. Ray Liotta's in there. Jesse Tyler Ferguson's in there. <laughs> so, Margot Martindale, thank God. It just seems like the people that they're bringing together and the title are more than enough. <laughs> It says Wait, the movie Mario comes out. Martindale? I know who Margot Mar- Margo Martindale. Who did I say? Mar- you said Mario. Oh, I meant Margot. Oh. Margot Martindale. Okay. Um. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but yeah, it says that it's supposed to come out February twenty fourth of twenty twenty three, which is not too far away. So if there is a trailer available, you can get it on our Patreon. Uh, you can see me watch it and react to it in Pete's okay. previews. Love it. So I guess that was, did you know Cocaine Bear exists? Backdoor plug for the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am going to continue uh, Pete's plug for the Patreon. While it is not out yet, if you do listen to our Patreon, I just want to plug the fact that I am going to be making a new type of content because I do know I have been really slacking on uh, Marissa Reviews because uh, all I fucking watch is Holiday Bakery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am going to start doing i will i will try to make a little at least bi-weekly i'm going to try and keep a some sort of like schedule so i don't just get like sloppy with it uh marissa's gossip grill yes it's spelled g-r-i-l-l-e gossip grill uh i am going to give you celebrity gossip and you might be saying like nobody asked for that yeah well too bad maybe i will get you to care about celebrity Mm -hmm. gossip or maybe you could just if you're tired basically i'm going to sell it as this I used to watch the news all the time, and then I became really anxious, 
and I hated life. <laughs> so I started only reading the news like twice a week, and the rest of my time I only read celebrity news. <laughs> Does that make me a well-rounded person? Maybe not, but you know what? I'm less anxious. Yeah. So if you would like to feel like you're keeping up with news, but you don't want to keep up with political news, <laughs> listen to this, and you could know dumb shit like, did you know that Pete Davidson is with yet another hot lady? Or like, did you know that... That's the latest thing I know off the top of my head. Do you know what's happening with the Balenciaga scandal? I'll tell you shit like that. But probably not that, because I already told you half of that. But anyway... <laughs> Keep keep an eye out for Marissa's Gossip Girl, or I'll be serving up the best new celebrity gossip you didn't know you needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, if you have any uh, last-minute topics you'd like us to cover this year, call us at 570-POD-1-1. Uh, a Patreon membership is a great gift to give somebody who you love. It really is. Um... And uh, you can email us at shout at y'all heard at me. And uh, as always, you can slide into my DMs at um, Riss Vandal. God, I forgot my own Instagram. Anyway, Pete, any last minute things? Thank you for listening. Please stay safe. Uh, I just got over being sick for two weeks. <laughs> it was gross. Uh, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Goodbye. Bye.